Hi, everybody, and we want to welcome you to the Heights podcast. Uh, we are live again today, and just because we're on our summer schedule, we're going to, uh, through the month of July, be honestly just a little bit hit and miss because we're doing some vacations. You're going to camp yep. coming up uh, next week, Pastor Matt, and uh, so we'll get back on our regular rhythm in August, but uh, right now I'm joined again with uh, Matt Hogan, our pastor of worship and uh, media here at Heights. And so what we want to do through this podcast is we are answering questions that have been submitted through our relationship status um, sermon series that we've been in in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and 7. And so as we're talking, if you have a, a question, you may want to drop it in the comments section on maybe a follow-up of something we've said or a new question that might pop in your mind, and, and we will get that answered uh, here on the uh, podcast today. Uh, but Matt, thanks for for joining us. Glad to be here. And um, I think we've got some some good questions here today. And again, these are all based off of the last couple of weeks of our series on relationship status. Let's see, I think I preached the first week mm -hmm. on kind of just honoring God with your body. You've tackled uh, singleness yep. and honoring the Lord in singleness. And then last week I had sex, marriage, and divorce. Um, and how to honor God through those things. You had the hard passage. Uh, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know which one. We, we kind of flipped. We, we had that debate. Yeah. <laughs> I asked 9 o'clock service which one they thought was the harder one, and they laughed when I said I had the harder one. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know which one. But I, I think they were, they were good because it's, it's stirred up some questions and I think thoughts for some folks. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm really proud of the fact that we, that we went there as a church, yeah. because this is an area of life that's a really important area of life. Right. Um, and it's an area of life that scripture addresses a lot, but a lot of times we don't talk about it enough mm -hmm. um, in church because we're in mixed company, right. because there's children present, it can be kind of hard yeah. to talk about some of these topics. And some of these topics are really tough. These are places where people have, have hurts and they have baggage and they've got and, and, and they've got stuff. So I'm really glad that we did it. Um, thank you parents and grandparents mm -hmm. for kind of bearing with us as we did sort of a PG-13 sermon series. Right. I think it was, it's really important for us to speak the, the truth of God's word into these issues, yeah. um, even though sometimes it's hard. Yeah, and it is, but I, I was talking to one of our parents about it and, and you know, we were essentially saying the same thing and uh, that you just said. And, but I just remind them like someone's teaching our kids these things. That's right. So it should be the church. Yeah. Like we, we should be talking about them, even though it's kind of uncomfortable and mixed company to do it here and there. But we need, like you said, to share God's word into that. And um, so we got some good questions, which are yeah. you ready to dive in? Yeah. Which is, is good because I mean, some people are listening. That's right. <laughs> and thinking critically. And so I'm going to, I'm going to start cause I'm the host and you know, I always get <laughs> jokes. People joke on me for asking you the question first. Uh, but we're commanded in scripture to be fruitful and multiply. Genesis you know? chapter one, Genesis chapter one, God talking to Adam and Eve, you know, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Um, that's God's kind of growth plan, honestly, of how humans come about. Uh, but then in your message, you talked about Paul calls us to maybe a life of singleness. And right. so some people, you know, remain single by a call of God. Do those two things contradict? How do we resolve a call to singleness and a call to be fruitful and multiply? That is a great question. Here's what I love about that question. The person who submitted that question was paying attention. Right. They were listening carefully. And 
what they were doing was taking what we were talking about on a Sunday morning and putting it in the context of the rest of what God's word teaches. Yeah. That's what we as believers have to do is as we try and make sense of God's word, we need to kind of take those verses and place them in the context of the rest of what God's word says. Right. Um, so yeah, so God gives a command to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter one, be fruitful and multiply. You see throughout the Old Testament that the, it's uh, children are always a blessing. It's mm -hmm. always a good thing to have kids. And then we get to 1 Corinthians chapter seven, and Paul says, you know, because of whatever's going on in Corinth right now, I think it's a really good idea if you're single to stay that way. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why a lot of uh, commentators and scholars have thought that maybe there was persecution going on. Maybe there was a particular extenuating circumstance going on in Corinth at the time. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I talked about in my message is we look for that. We don't really see evidence of that in the letter. Uh, that this doesn't seem to be a church that's dealing with persecution right. or that's dealing with, uh, with like a famine or something like that. They're dragging each other to court and pushing each other out of the way as they're going to the buffet line. Yeah. So that doesn't seem to be the issue, but it's possible that there's something that's going on that's just lost to history that we don't know. Yeah. So that's one possibility. Mm -hmm. um, the way I think it's best to think about this is that the command that God has given is to the whole human race. Right. It's a general command to all, of God, to all of humanity, be fruitful and multiply. And then what Paul's talking about in 1 Corinthians 7 is a specific calling. And so, so yeah, so for the whole human race, the big idea is be fruitful and multiply, have a bunch of kids, populate the earth, take care of the earth. Right. Um, and then for individual believers, Paul says, you know, you, at, you may have the gift of marriage or you may have the gift of singleness. If you're called to serve God as a single person, that's a good thing. If you're yeah. called to serve God as a married person, that's a good thing. So I think inside the big idea of be fruitful and multiply, there's gonna be specific callings that we have as individuals. And some people are gonna be called by God to be single. Some people are gonna be called by God to have children and have families and have big families. Some people may be called to have smaller families or to not have children or right. to remain single. Yeah, and those calls I think can be for a season. Yes. You know, so you may be called to singleness for a time, mm -hmm. but that may not mean you're always single. You may, you may get married in your 20s, 30s, 40s, you know what, later in life, or maybe later in life you're called back to the life of singleness because mm -hmm. you know, maybe your spouse has passed away. And, and so not to give away too much of not this Sunday, but the following Sunday. So this Sunday, we're taking a break from 1 Corinthians, but on the 18th, the next part of chapter seven um, is live in your call. Right. You know, so wherever station of life you're in that's single or married, follow Jesus right there. Like live that calling out where you are, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's good. So in in that, and I wanted to, for those of you that are hopping on right now, we're, we're doing our podcast live and just kind of answering some of the questions we've gotten recently off of our sermon series with the relationship status. So thank you for joining us. Uh, if you've got a question, drop it in the comments section. I've got my phone open here, so I'm trying to monitor those. And, and so we'd love to be able to tackle that for you if you, uh, you know, hop in and maybe ask a follow-up of something uh, you've just said, or I've just said, because <laughs> I know we can be clear as mud sometimes, uh, do that. And we'd love to be able to tackle that for you. So in that, uh, and I like the way you explain that. So the general call of be fruitful multiplies there, but maybe specific calls into marriage or singleness um, are there. 
how then do we as believers in Jesus, when it comes to marriage and having kids, because you mentioned maybe, you know, God calls us to have a lot of kids or not many kids. How do we, you know, deal with the issue of birth control? You okay. know, and, and that was a good question that we got here is, does birth control contradict Marry, you know, be fruitful and multiply. How do how do we reconcile that out? Because I know there are some groups who, as Christians, are like no birth control, right? A period of yeah. any sort, mm-hmm. not even really natural family planning, like just, you know. And so you may go, oh wow, there, <laughs> you got seven kids running around all of a sudden, you know. Yeah, so totally. like, how do how do we do that? What what do we think? Yeah, and that that's an important question, especially if you might be coming from maybe from a Catholic background, mm-hmm. or maybe if you grew up maybe in the Church of Latter-day Saints or another uh, or another group, you may have questions about that because there are some groups that believe that that birth control birth control is a sin. Right. Um, and so, how do we handle that? Um, couple of kind of big ideas we want to think about, and then kind of some specifics. Big idea is you because we're called to be fruitful and multiply because in in, in the Scripture we see children as a blessing. Yeah. Uh, you always want to ask yourself the question: If I'm choosing. Um, to use birth control and to limit the size of my family, what's my motivation? Mm-hmm. In other words, you don't want to say, I don't want to have kids because that's, that sounds like a lot of hard work. Right. You know, the question you want to be asking is, what has God called me to? Yeah. You know? And there are very legitimate questions you ask, like, how many kids can I afford? What is my income? Am I still in college? Is now a good time? Should we wait until later? Those are all legitimate questions for you to be talking to your spouse about and praying about. Yeah. You know, all of those things are things to think about. But you do want to be thinking about what's, what has God called us to, not just what is convenient. Because yeah. let me tell you something, can you've got kids too. Having kids is never, ever convenient. Right. So you want to just find out, you know, is this the blessing and calling God has given us, not do I want to wait until this is easier? Because yeah. it's never going to get easier. <laughs> and, it's, you know, and it's always going to be hard. It's always going to be expensive. Yeah. I always say it's the greatest thing it's the greatest thing I ever loved. Yeah. Like it's the hardest thing I ever loved mm. to be a dad. Right. But it's hard work. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the different kinds of birth control, uh, let's just make sure that we're understanding that this is going to be an area where Christians disagree. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some gray area. Here. Right. Um, so I would say you can kind of put different types of birth control into different categories. You have the, I mean, you can do the just pray about it and let God be in charge. And right. that's totally legitimate. That kind of goes into what we just talked about with the, you know, what's God called us to. Yeah. Um, uh, natural fl- family planning where you're using like a rhythm method or a temperature method. Right. Um, that's totally an acceptable form of birth control. If that's what God has called you to. Yeah. Uh, utilizing a, a barrier method is totally an acceptable form of birth control. Right. Um, when you get into medication, like yeah. the pill, yeah. um, this is it where it gets a little bit more gray and where different believers have uh, some different thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the, the reason for that is we believe that all people are created in the image of God. And we believe that the Bible teaches that human life begins at conception. Right. Okay. And so we want to be careful to not do anything that would harm um that would harm a, a, ch- a child, a, a human being, even in those very early days or very early hours of conception. Yeah. And so um, different 
um, hormonal birth controls do different things. Yeah. They're not all the same. They have, some of them have different properties and uh, a lot of them kind of, you know, regulate a process, but then sometimes some of them also, in addition to regulating a fertility process, they also can make, um, they can make the, um, the woman's body inhospitable, inhospitable to a brand new pregnancy. Right. And so for that reason, yeah. there is the potential that you could that that you could um, inadvertently harm, you know, a fertilized egg, which is which is after conception has been conceived. Right. For that reason, there's some there's some believers who believe like we're going to stay away from a from a uh, a medical or a chemical mm -hmm. birth control for that reason because we don't want to do that. We don't want to avoid that. There's other folks that feel like uh, you're really you know, you're, you're really worried about minutia at that point. Yeah. So we feel comfortable. And so I would say when it comes to the kind of the medical or the hormonal birth control, um, do your research, have a conversation with your doctor um, and, and pray about it and, yeah. and pray about it with your partner and, and see what God is leading you to do. Yeah, good. No, that's a good answer. So let me address the audience that may be just jumping in online and they just heard the word birth control a lot. <laughs> we're, we're talking about. So if you're just joining us uh, for our live podcast today, we're taking questions uh, off of our, ser our sermon series, Relationship Status from 1 Corinthians. So that one, uh, which you did a great job on, Matt, was, uh, what do we, you know, as Christians, how do we handle birth control in light of the command to be fruitful and multiply that God has given us. And, and I, I think you, you handled it real well. The thing I'm going to encourage people on is to remember what we talked about several podcasts ago on kind of those tier issues. Right. You know, that would be, like you said, a gray area, low down on the tiers to where we go, hey, we might really disagree on a pill or, you know, even natural family planning. But we love Jesus. We can worship together, stand shoulder to shoulder, and spread the gospel. Yes. You know, um, and so I think that's important to uh, remember in those conversations. And of course, you know, abortion is not uh, ever, in my opinion, okay as a no. way to birth control. You Correct. Know? So we yeah. want to make sure we're we're clear on that as well. We we don't stand with with abortion practices. Um, let's talk also about another question that came up in in dating. So I'm going to ask it, but I'm going to take a shot at answering first, if that's okay. And, then, and then you can follow up and, and uh, help me out. Uh, on, you know, dating a non-Christian. And so maybe you are a believer in Jesus. And then, you know, should I date a non-Christian? And I think um, one of the things I've always had the viewpoint on is, even when I was a teenager, is you date to marry. Right. You know, you don't just date to date. You know, um, now I had that viewpoint also because I was pretty much broke. You know, I, I was broke. I didn't have a whole lot of money to date with. So you can ask Sandra that. We had a lot of free dates. Like our first date with Sandra was completely free. Long story, but completely free. And I got a second date. So uh, we went to the Olive Garden the next time. Well that played. was date two. <laughs> well played. But I mean, my, my viewpoint and, and one thing we talk about with, with uh, our oldest son, David, is, is, is it's to date to marry. It's not just a date to date. So even when I was in my 20s, if if I didn't see marriage with that person as the as the end, then the relationship didn't go long. Right. You know, and, and Sandra had the same type viewpoint. And so I've always encouraged Christians to date Christians. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, well, yeah, I raised my hand at the age of eight at VBS. I'm a Christian. No, it's are you following Christ? Right. You know, are you plugged into a local church? Are you 
following Jesus. Like, if, if I'm going to date you and those things are important to me, then those things ought to be important to the person you're dating with the end goal of marrying one day. Yeah. You know? And I don't think it's okay to, to compromise on that conviction in that way. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think at the end of the day, God honors that type of dating. You know? But that's where I always encourage is we're not doing missionary dating <laughs> you right. know, where it's like, oh, well, she's cute. And I know she's not a Christian, but she's cute. And boy, I could maybe make her a Christian and then I could date her. And like, no, 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 no. We're not doing missionary dating here. Right. I mean, go share the gospel with the girl because yeah. <laughs> that's what we're called to do. But, but let's be careful. We're not just missionary dating in that way or, you know, do a little project here. So right. that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, that's an important thing to remember because remember that at the end, at the end of the day, it's, it's the Holy Spirit's job to save. Mm-hmm. It's our job to share. We share the gospel, we make disciples, but it's the Holy Spirit that does that rejuvenating work. Mm -hmm. And so you can have a beautiful young lady or a nice boy picked out that doesn't know Jesus, and you can do everything you can to try and get them there. And if, if if they're not ready to do business with Jesus and the Holy Spirit doesn't have a hold of them yet, you know, and so you don't want to build a life with somebody yeah. that you don't share values with, that, that you don't, that you're not on the same page with spiritually, that you don't um, see the, the big questions of life in the same way. Yeah. You know, and a, you don't want to build your life with somebody that that's on a very different page spiritually, you know, uh, especially if you get married and start having kids, there's right. big questions about, yeah. you know, where do we go to church? How do we go to church? Right. Do we teach the kids about, you know, the, it, so whenever possible, when, you know, you want to make sure that you're um, dating somebody um, that you do, that you can see at least hypothetically possibly marrying yeah. and you want to only be dating people that are on the same page as you spiritually. Right. Yeah. And of course the, the, the term that Paul uses for that uh, in Corinthians is, is to not be unequally yoked. Right. In other words, the picture is, you know, you don't take an ox and, and, and yoke them together with a donkey. Right. You know what I mean? Because then yeah. your then your lines and your field get all messed up. Yeah. You know, yeah. you got to have two people that are on the same page spiritually. Look at you with the farming illustration. You know, you can probably tell that I'm from Southern California <laughs> and, and, the, and, and oxen and donkeys are things that, you know, I read about in a magazine. But. Yeah. Mine are pretty much wrestling sports and movies. That's the only <laughs> illustrations I could ever come up with. If I've quoted an author and it's poetry, you know, Sandra told it to me. So let's we got a question submitted in and I'm going to come to that question. So thank you for that. Again, we're just doing a live uh, kind of Q&A of questions been submitted on our sermon series through relationship status. And if you've got a follow-up question or a new question yourself, go on and drop it in the comments because we're down to our last two here and we want to make sure uh, that we get it. But coming off of the dating uh, question, let's answer the one previously submitted and then we got one in the comments. So we're going to get to that one after this. Um, is this, so let, let's say, you know, you did get married and, and you both were non-Christians. And then you know, the wife gets saved, but the husband's not. What happens then? What do we, what do we do if, if one person's a Christian and the other person isn't in the marriage? What, what happens? What, what's the best advice we can give in that? Well, the advice that Paul gives is to remain with that person. Right. If they were willing to remain <clears throat> with you. Yeah. And, and, and really that's because um, hopefully by you following Jesus, 
that's going to be something that's going to be really attractive to your spouse. Yeah. And you have been filled with new life and your life has changed and your spouse sees that and is like, oh, I want that. You know, I'm thinking of uh, a couple of couples that have come into our church recently mm -hmm. where God saved one and then yeah. God used the salvation of one uh, of, of the one of the partners to save the other, yeah. you know, and that's, so that's, that's an exciting thing to see, but that, that doesn't mean that it's, that it's always easy. Right. In fact, sometimes it takes a really long time and it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I would encourage that person to continue obviously in their path with the Lord, mm -hmm. you know, following Christ, stay in the marriage. Um, it would, you know, as all possible, uh, Paul does go over if the unbelieving spouse wants to leave, you know, and, and divorce, then, um, you're you're biblically free at that point too to also remarry, but I think that is another thing to think about in marriage, whether it's two Christians or a Christian non-Christian, is we're called to make disciples. Right. And at the end of the day, that's what marriage is about. I love the book uh, Gary Thomas wrote called Sacred Marriage, and uh, one of his points is that it, you know what if God designed marriage for your holiness more than your happiness? Uh -huh. And we often think marriage is just all about our happiness, but as I shared on Sunday, is my wife has an appointment with Jesus one day. Uh, she she'll stand before Jesus. I need to help her get ready for that. Mm -hmm. She needs to help me get ready for that. And so even in the context of an unbeliever and believer in marriage, that you're still meeting Jesus at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So so do what you can do. Uh, to help them get ready to to meet Christ, you know. So if you're if you're a believer and you're married to an unbeliever, then your spouse is top of your list of your four by four plan. Right. Yeah. You know the the people at our in our church we we have this idea of a four by four plan. The idea is that we've got people uh, that we're praying about that we're wanting to have gospel conversations with. Yeah. And so that your spouse is you know is the person that you're praying for that you're right. praying earnestly for their salvation. For their salvation. That's good. So let's uh, thank you for joining us. We're almost uh, finished here live. And so uh, when we end the broadcast, you can go back and listen to uh, the rest of the episode. Well, we've hit some, we've answered some good ones. We've talked about birth control and be fruitful and multiply and dating non-Christians and being married to non-Christians. And those are questions we got uh, recently out of our last few sermons through our series through 1 Corinthians. And so as I'm going over this last uh, question, if you've got a question, feel free to drop it in the comments right now and we'll answer it. But uh, we did get this one in the comments, Matt, and I'm just going to read it and uh, you can take a shot at it first if you'd like, um, or I can, however you uh, feel with it. But how does God feel about uh, married Christian people that have cheated on their spouses and now are divorced and married the person they're cheating with. Oh, so that's is, a good one. Is that a forgivable <sighs> sin? So the way I'm reading it, if I'm understanding the context, uh, a person cheated on the spouse and now they're married to the person they cheated with. Mm -hmm. Does God forgive them for that? Yes, because God forgives all sin. Right. Okay. That doesn't mean go out and do it. I'm just right. saying that there's, you know, Jesus went to the cross. Jesus went to the cross for all sins, past, present, and future. Okay. If you, if you cheat on your spouse and you get divorced and you marry the other person, right. the covenant you made with your spouse is broken, but the new covenant that you've made with this new person is a covenant. Right. And so what I would say is, you honor that covenant. That, that's how I would, that's how I would say that. Yeah. I would say if you, 
it, it's a question of, w of 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 what direction you're looking at this thing. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're in a covenant and you and you, you know with your spouse and you meet somebody else and you make a mistake, it's not a good idea. It's not okay to divorce your spouse so you can go be with this other person. Right. Okay. But if you've done that, if right. you've already done that, then you need to repent of that. Okay. And and Jesus went to the cross for that. And now honor the covenant that you're in Yeah, is how I would approach yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, the, the person who has cheated broke the marriage covenant and committed adultery. Yes. And that is a sin that is forgivable, uh, but they need to seek reconciliation with the Lord. Um, and if possible, I would say with the, the former spouse mm -hmm. to ask for forgiveness, you know, for the person who has been cheated on, and divorced, you know, as far as they got left, um, I would encourage that person, you know, to forgive them. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, that is not an easy thing to do, but in their own life, they need to clear their conscience before the Lord. They need to make sure, you know, unforgiveness has such a root of bitterness that can take in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits. And, and really unforgiveness, I think, can choke out a lot of the Holy Spirit in our lives and joy that we can have as Christians, because at that point, we're not exercising forgiveness like Jesus did, right. you know, and in the um, Lord's Prayer, Christ talks about that, you know, forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. Um, and because we've been forgiven by Christ, we need to extend that. Mm -hmm. And that might be an extension of you don't talk to that person, like maybe you, you can't talk to them, but you can still extend forgiveness in your own heart, your own mind, to clear your conscience before the Lord and say, look, they, they may never ask me for forgiveness, but I'm going to extend forgiveness because I've been forgiven by Jesus. Right. And, and that is, that's hard, you mm -hmm. know, uh, but I, I think that would be necessary in that way as well. So, well, good. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Like I said, it's the summer, so we're a little bit uh, hit and miss on our, our podcast, but we're going to get back in a regular rhythm you know, coming up here in early August. And so if you've got questions in the meantime, as we're continuing to move through 1 Corinthians, uh, feel free to shoot Matt a message, myself a message, see us on Sunday, or, you know, drop a message here on the Facebook page. We'd love to uh, cover those for, for you and answer them the best way that we possibly can. Love for you as well to join us in person on a Sunday morning at 9 or 10.30 a.m. If you are in our Alvin area. We have two worship services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. in person. Also, if you're maybe out of the area or just uh, can't get here in person right now, uh, you can find us here on our Facebook page or YouTube page uh, live at the same times on Sunday morning. So I hope that you have a great rest of the week and God bless.